Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Original Strength Podcast. I wanted to give you a pre-introduction this week because I'm having a very fascinating conversation about how the body's designed to heal itself with my friend Andrew Hutchinson. Anyway, Andrew just goes into some really fascinating information. Um, it's exciting to me. Uh, this, is, this is such a fun conversation, but it's deep. So get a pen and paper and write down some of the things that Andrew says So in case you want to check it out later for yourself. Anyway, very fun, very rich conversation. Guys, you're going to enjoy this. Buckle up. Hey guys, and thanks for joining us again on the Original Strength Podcast. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking with a special guest, Mr. Andrew Hutchinson, and we're going to be talking about the restorative capabilities of the body. So, Andrew, hey, thank you so much for being on the show with me. My pleasure. So, Andrew, um, you have a lot you want to say about how the body is able to restore itself. Can you can you give me a background on on how how did you discover that your body is able to to restore itself? Through being unwell. Um, being unwell. Yeah. Um, give it a name. Um, I suppose we would you could loosely call it starting off as what people would refer to as muscle guarding. I had very mild pains in my feet i'd been messing around with some new running techniques and i don't want to delve too much into it, but I, I think that because of the way that i'd been living my life in the preceding couple of years reading a lot of information that was probably on the more negative side watching a lot of news and so on and so forth but i i didn't realize at the time that i started perceiving things quite negatively and had become quite fearful. So rather than being the old me that would have just written it off as exactly what it was, um, I'd been messing around with stuff and had obviously not done something right, I became fearful that I was going to damage something permanently in my feet, like snap a tendon or something like that. And because of the limited knowledge I had, and just enough knowledge to cause trouble, I perceived that as being potentially long-term, you know, causing real issues for me long-term. And basically, with every step I took, I became more and more fearful of hurting myself. And I started to clench in more and more and more, you know, if you want to call it pulling in, pulling in from the center of movement, the center of the psoas, and effectively clamped down, almost like I was curling up into a fearful ball, you know, the freeze response. And it eventually ended up with me cutting off the blood flow, if you like, and the energy flow to my legs, to a large extent, not completely, but enough that my feet started to change color, my toenails started to blacken, they were cold all the time. And I got to the point where I could hardly get up off the floor. Um, I'd got cold hands all the time. And things were rapidly going kind of downhill. This happened over a period of you know a few months. I went from being perfectly healthy, bouncing around, you know, big fit and strong to someone that really couldn't do anything. And you know, a very anxious mindset as well as, you know, we would refer to it as anxiety, being being fearful of things that, you know, I would never have been afraid of before, the, the craziest kind of, well, not crazy, because that, you know, I don't want to call other people crazy for having those those thoughts, but yeah, you know, even being fearful of eating out, um, what had somebody done to my food, um, somebody I'd never even met, so yeah, I was in a, I was in a pretty bad way, and um, it became clear to me that I wasn't well, and more so on the physical, on a physical level that I, uh, or what we call physical, that I, I wasn't doing well and that I was getting quite sick. Um, I went to the doctor 
was prescribed, you know, anti-inflammatories for my feet, which I've got plantar fasciitis, which, yeah, clearly wasn't the case. Um, without meaning any disrespect, it was clearly more than that. And, um, yeah, then spent every penny I'd got left in savings on manual therapy to no avail and um, stopped me at any point and ended up. So I, I, I do want to, uh, I just want to stop you to ask you a question. So yeah, what you're saying is, is through, and this is kind of fascinating because I, uh, the mind is so powerful um, through fear. You got injured basically yeah. through thoughts of fear. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, we can dip into that if you want. I mean, if, you know, sure. um, well, without wanting to, you know, kind of try and go too deep on this, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm no expert on the psoas, for example. But if, you know, people talk about the brain in our head, our gut brain, and we forget our movement brain. You know, most people forget that we have this thing that develops very, very early on in the embryonic stage. And, you know, it's linked to the reptilian brain. And effectively, you know, all movements, if you read the word of pe- the work of people like Liz Clark and Joanne Stalgard-Jones, who would be experts in that field, all movement starts at the center of the psoas. So once the decision has been made, if you like, by the brain, there's this chain of command, which I'm not going to go into, you know, the, the upper lip, there's a region around here that plays a big role in this, where the two energy circuits connect, where the energy, main energy circuit in the body connects. That message gets sent to the center of psoas and then movement begins, if you like. So we wiggle our finger, that comes from the, the very center of our core, you know, the center of our reflexive strength, this X, if you like, that connects to the vertebrae and the lower limbs that, you know, hence why contralateral movement is so powerful. So because you effectively are working with the psoas to a large extent. So if you're fearful, it affects the way you move. Um, effectively, I see everything as restricted movement in terms of fear. So the brain, dis- let me go back a touch here. Uh, I remember watching a thing by a neuroscientist years ago called Daniel Wolper, and he explained how our brain is for one thing primarily, and that's to decide how and when we move and to move with fear or trepidation or so on and so forth. And then it sends this message. So you'll probably be aware of you've been in a situation where the brain says, I'm going to do this. Say, for example, a bungee jump or a skydive or anything like that, and the body won't go. Because this brain down here, the psoas says, no, 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 no. Because it has something, there's something stored within there, whatever we want to believe in terms of how we get information from the field or whether it's stored as memories within the actual body and the fascia or whatever. There are various theories on that. The psoas says no, so it restricts movement. And that's why we find all this trauma tends to be stored in what philosophers call the seat of the soul, the psoas. And, you know, people have back pain generally in similar regions because the psoas clamps down bit by bit by bit by bit by bit. And, you know, you build layers of fear upon that and more and more movement restrictions because... If you're in fear, what do you do? The body says, don't move, because you're safe if you stay still. If you move, there's the potential for you getting harmed. So if you are fearful, you just freeze, and you continue to freeze at whatever level that might be. I think I've gone off on a tangent there. If you could pull me back to where we were. So yeah, I became sick through being fearful. So I basically caused this clamping up of the center of movement, so much fear, that that obviously pulls on everything else. You know, we can talk fascia, we can talk how it, you know, that, that affects the muscles in the hips and effectively pulls it all in. This X in the middle of our body pulls everything in towards it, if you, you know, in a very simplistic way. Um, and yeah, then you've got problems with, I mean, you know, if we imagine 
the basic biotensegrity model, you know, that we, we look at it from a particle point of view, you know, cells or tiny particles, subatomic level, whatever you want to, you know, however deep you want to go. You've got a hundred of them here. 50 of them go like that. That's what we call inflammation or, you know, they're, they're clustered together. They stop moving there. No, 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 no. Don't go there. So these guys are like 50 angry guys in a lift. And over here, we've got the other 50 too far apart. They can't communicate properly either. So when we think of everything coming into the body as information, whether that be in water and food or whatever, you know, everything we take in wavelengths from other people, all this information is coming in in various forms, you know, proprioception, all, all this stuff. So, yeah, that's I've, I've gone off on a tangent again. See, I lose myself. Um, but I effectively clamped up and stopped blood flowing properly, stopped the lymphatic system working properly, because when these things are you pull one out of sync, you start to mess with the whole system, obviously, because it's all connected. So fear is a threat to the nervous system and it, it draws everything up, making it rigid and tight and will not allow for expression of movement or express good expression of emotion, good in quotes, uh, good expression of emotion, freedom of creativity and movement and any, any type, any way we can express ourselves, fear just draws us up. Is that kind of where we're going? Pretty, yeah. Explained far more beautifully than my waffle, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm tracking with you, man. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about the stuff you're so, saying. Um, so, so, and, yes. I mean, emotion is energy in motion. So intelligent yeah. energy in motion, yeah. So, yeah, we can, you know, when there's a cluster here, that requires energy to hold it. So yeah. if we imagine there's an energy blockage, you know, we call them in yoga and stuff like that, the energy blockage, and there's not enough here. So when you feel a lot in one area, you know, you're very sensitive in one area, that's because you've got one of these. And in another area, you'll have noticed this. Anyone that's ever paid awareness to the body over here, you don't feel much. It's like it's almost there's not enough sensitivity. And this is, you know, the expression feeling poorly. I believe that's where that comes from. You feel poorly over here because there's not enough getting there. There's too much here and it's causing this imbalance. And, you know, whether we talk about the myelin sheaths in fascia on the nervous system, that being the actual reason why the nervous system is affected or whatever. There are many theories, but, but it, it seems to have that effect. And the science seems to back it up when you've experienced it and then you've practiced certain things and then the science backs it up. You kind of go, OK, well, if all these things are matching up, it seems to make sense. No, right on. Um, all right. So so through fear, you became injured and sick and feeling poorly. And, and, yes. and you went through a lot of uh, you started seeking ways to to feel well again, um, including lots of manual therapy and, and professional help. Um, where did where did you go from there? I ran out of money um, and not that I had a line in the first place, but I, I stumbled across a book on TRE by a doctor called David Bocelli, who'd worked with disaster survivors all around the world, people from um, islands where there have been volcanoes and things like that. And he worked with this thing called trauma release exercises or um, tension release exercises, which effectively fatigue in in the most simplistic way it tries to fatigue muscles connected as much as possible to the psoas and the hip region um so that when you lie down in a particular way and you you basically put your feet together and you allow your knees to fall out so you pull your feet together up towards the uh, the crotch towards that region and allow the knees to fall out and then slowly bring them together and it eventually starts this tremor and these are known as neurogenic tremors so it's basically the nervous system starting to heal itself it's causing a change in frequency um you're probably aware that most diseases are now known to exist at different frequencies within the body 
So this is the nervous system basically fixing that through shaking, through vibrating. Um, and there are various treatments being used now all around the world for various diseases using you know, devices that emit frequencies. So, and you can do this with food, you can do it, you know, there's a whole host of things you can use. Obviously movement being so powerful because if you change the very structure of the muscles, you know, the sarcomeres, all this, you change the frequency. You know, you change your energy, you change your chemistry. When you change your chemistry, you feel good. It feels good to feel good. Feels good, yeah. So, you know, um, so where was I? I'd gone off again there, getting overexcited. So, yeah, I read this book and I said, I'll do the exercises tomorrow. And I lay down and I brought my awareness because I'd done yoga years ago, just a little bit. And I brought my awareness to the region of my psoas. And I just started shaking like crazy, like scissoring, basically. My knees were coming up to my chest. My head was going down. And I just felt this rock in the middle of me where basically the psoas is, you know, the kind of solar plexus a bit lower. And it just felt like a rock. And it was like trying to break down this iceberg-like lump. And over the period of a few days, I saw significant improvement. Um, but then I allowed my study, this, you know, intensive search for, you know, what might help to kind of overtake. And I started applying things that didn't work. Uh, and rather than coming back to the one basic thing that had, I kept searching for more things. And I, I started to force relaxation upon the kind of pelvic floor region, if you like. And believe me, that's something you never want to do, um, to focus, to, to tell muscles to relax and kind of force that relaxation upon them. Because obviously relaxation is the opposition, the, the opposite of contraction. So, you know, we contract and then we just allow things to relax. I'm not going to talk about you know, lowering a bicep curl, but in general. So when you force something to relax, it's very, very hard to then get the control back in that area. And I effectively lost complete control of my pelvic floor. Um, by forcing it to relax. So that made things even worse in some way. So I was getting what I felt was better, but then I also made things a lot worse. And that taught me a big lesson in terms of return to the very thing that started you feeling better. And what I didn't mention, sorry, go on. No, uh, you brought up a good point. Um, I think oftentimes it's the, the really simple things that, that yield a lot of results, but but we don't get satisfied with that. And then we always look for more and, or whether it's more flashy, more complicated, um, or we just somehow, we just miss that there, I, this is working. So why, why don't I just stay with it? Um, it's just, it's just kind of neat. Cause I do that. I've done the same things with myself for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I thought you were going to tell me a bit about that then, but I feel like I'm talk no, talking no, so much. This, this is your so, story. Um, <laughs> so um yeah um so yeah you, and you're so right and that was the, the biggest lesson the one thing that i forgot to mention when i lay down and i brought my awareness to that area i also remembered this little trick from years before where you bring your awareness to this area here around the top lip ideally on the inside of the roof of your mouth it's between two acupuncture points or acupressure points which funnily enough are known to activate the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system when you breathe in if you breathe in through your nose and you close your eyes on the in-breath, you can actually feel this almost whisper of breath slightly higher on the inside of the roof of the mouth. And as you breathe out, you feel it slightly lower and it matches up with these two points, GV 26 and 27. And it's where the, funny enough, where the tip of the tongue is supposed to rest most of the time. 
which obviously causes a whole number of things, as well as supporting the maxilla, it helps with breathing, but it also connects these two energy channels that circulate around the body, or the, the one energy channel, the two, two ends of it. So bringing your awareness there, literally just, when you bring your awareness anywhere, the body directs resources there. Energy follows thought. Widely known kind of thing by the yogis years ago. So when you bring your awareness to that place, the body starts to fix itself. You don't tell it what to do. You simply bring your awareness and go, okay, show me how to fix it. And it'll start moving things. And your jaw will start adopting a different position and your tongue will start to move into that place. So simply by bringing your awareness to this location, which is so important, it's known as the human reset button, funnily enough. Um, it can wake you up, I believe, from um, when you've been knocked out if you squeeze it hard enough. Never tried it. but um, So yeah, I just kept, I just luckily, I was blessed to remember Bring yourself back to that one point and just ask. And I said, please just show me how to fix this. I don't know whether I was asking God, whatever we want to see God to be, or my higher self, some blueprint for the human body that I believe it has. Um, saying, please show me how to fix this. And when I went there, it was as if it was like, right, this is the start. Here we go. And it would take me somewhere and I'd get a sensation maybe in the shoulder and I'd move my arm a little bit. And then it would stop and I wouldn't know what to do. OK, go back there and I'd go back there and then it would go there again. And maybe that would start tremoring and it would start moving. And I'd, I'd be taken through these movement. Um, I'd be taken through movements by my system. It would show me to do movements. That I never even thought of doing. I ended up doing things that were like yoga moves that I'd never learned when I did yoga, you know, twisting all over the place. And and then it would suddenly start tremoring and the arm would start going or whatever. And I learned that these were neurogenic tremors and and bit by bit by bit, the body started to unravel now it was there was a big rock right in the middle and we can talk about where that came from you know early childhood traumas possibly who knows um as these things do but bit by bit yeah i uh, i started to get better and during that time was when i came across you guys and i was a long way from well at that point still you know i still couldn't run and yeah i'll, I'll stop talking for a minute there but no no that's that man i I got to tell you, everything you're saying is fascinating to me. Um, like I'm totally, I'm totally digging it. Um, but no, so don't stop. So you, you, you started getting better. You were, your body was guiding you towards through, through thought. You were focusing thought and energy was going to where you were focusing. Uh, and your body was guiding you through towards healing. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. And, and then, uh, as that was happening, then you also came across original strength. Yeah. Okay. And so then what? Well, I continue to do that practice because obviously just going and lying down, that practice had become the one thing that really helped um, at that point. So, you know, when I do it, there were various things, if you don't mind me saying that, I, that I found added to that. Like if you lie on a firm surface, for example, because wherever you have, you know, what we'll call tension, we'll call it excessive tension in one area. If you lie down on a firm surface, like a yoga mat on a wooden floor on your side and try and form a pillow without a pillow with your arm, you know, we all have, most of us, not you, have poor external rotation in our shoulders. So we really struggle to get into that position and lie on our arm um, without discomfort. And that discomfort is simply a calling sign to say, well, come here. So all you have to do is present the body with a hard surface and it'll go, hey, come here, bring, bring energy here. So you bring your thought there. Okay, right now we have the conscious mind with the 
the subconscious, whatever you want to call it, you know, sending these signals up that we very rarely listen to, or because we're in comfy beds or comfy sofas, we never feel them because we don't sit on the floor anymore. You know, that's a massive thing, spending time on the floor, as you've said a million times. Um, so you feel these signals and all you have to do is then go there and be with those signals and it will start to do what it needs to do. It'll make you move, it'll make you twitch, and it'll make you stretch, it'll do all kinds of things. So then I came across you guys and just the way that you were was just so, and forgive me, you know, this is it's not like fan worship, but it was just so wonderful because the way that you talked about us being beautifully made, wonderfully made, you know, capable of anything, it just fit in so much with what I'd started to believe. I was at the early stages, I was at the human body has the, the restorative capabilities to get well again. I hadn't yet kind of moved to the position of to the position, moved to that place where it was like, okay, I could literally do anything here. You know, I could become, you know, by the time I'm 50, I can go and win a marathon if I should so desire um, or basically whatever. And you helped me, original strength helped me continue the journey because I, I then went from continuing my practice on the floor because it's so simple, you know, to, to bring those signals up to now I've got a really, I don't want to say simple, because it is simple, original strength, but as you well know, and from the little I, the little I know, behind that simplicity is, is a huge amount of complexity, but it's presented in such a wonderful way that it's like you do this and it will work. If you believe it, brilliant, because if you believe it and you do it, the two things together, you know, you can heal through belief, you can heal through just doing it. Yes. Bring them together and, you know, you've got magic. And that's what you guys do. You have this wonderful system that if somebody didn't believe at all, but just did it, they'd start to get better. And because they started to change chemically, because they would, because they couldn't not, because they'd be releasing the psoas, they'd be releasing all this, you know, they would no longer be having all these myokines, cytokines being expressed from within the muscles at the levels they were, less inflammation, feeling better, as you say again. You know, it feels good. They would feel good chemically. And when you feel good chemically, every interaction that you have within life is different. You know, if I encounter you today and I'm sad, we have a different conversation to the one if I'm feeling happy. So it's, it's yeah. And then, so I started doing cross crawls, um, speed skaters, you know, cross crawls were pretty much all I could do at first, to be honest, um, because the mobility in the hips, which is still recovering, I'll be honest, my mobility in my hips is still pretty poor um, compared with, quite a lot of people, especially yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm well now and, and improving all the time and, and incorporating more moves with more, I don't want to say complexity because it's not more complexity, it's more range of movement with every day. And as I do, obviously that, that changes my chemistry and yes. feel better every day. And that all impacts it. So then my thought processes are different every day and the belief gets stronger and the movements get better. And it all, it's just a, you know, you're on an upward spiral and it's very hard to, to bring you down because those things that would have once, excuse me, would have destroyed you. Well, you're now in a place where it's almost like, well, did that even happen? You know, you can just brush it to one side. So it would take something really quite huge, which, you know, these things become a challenge more. I'm not saying I'm ready to cope with anything, but these, these challenges become, you see them differently. You see them as challenges. You don't see them as, oh my I'm crushed anymore. And yeah, I'm in a pretty good place now. So you go from, and, I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to understand. Um, 
you can get from a lens or perspective of seeing everything through fearful eyes and get, if you can get to a place of seeing everything through hopeful eyes, um, or helpful eyes, then yes. then the body follows that lens as well, pretty much. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, well, if uh, that... sorry, go, go oh, I, I was going to ask if, so this all started with you where fear started creeping in, right? So now are you to the point where courage is just, is creeping, is, has crept in enough that it just builds on its own and, and you're, you're just, you're, you're like you said, that upward spiral, um, where you can, you can reach out and grab anything now. I'm, I'm not yet at I was going to say the point I'd like to be, uh, for, for want of a better way of expressing that, yeah, I'm nowhere near where I know we have the capability to be. Okay. But from where I was, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm living a, a decent, happy existence where I can move, not as well as I'd like to yet, but pretty well, you know. Um, well, I, can do all, I can do all the basics. So, yeah, and I mean, whatever theory, because I mean, I, I, I should mention these scenes were at that point. There, there are a number of theories, and I don't want to go too far down this route, about, you know, information and feeling fear. So, as I said, you know, a lot of people believe that we actually store memories, for example, in fascia. So it's actually stored within the nervous system. Nobody can prove whether it is or isn't or how it is. And there are other theories that believe that, when we change our frequency, which we do, therefore we vibrate in a different way, we don't pick up information in the same way or the same information from what we would call the field or God or morphic resonance, you know, all these kind of things. So however that works, you know, I've been down that road and it's a, a deep rabbit hole that for me, it's, you know, let's come back to square one again, you know, right. Does that make me feel better? Am I experiencing life differently and in a, in a better, more helpful, as you say, way? And yeah, those things seem to explain it, whether or not they're right or not. I don't know. And I no longer need to um, because things are improving every day and I'm on the upward spiral and, and nothing seems to knock me off that anymore. So I, I can th this is going to be a big year because there's, there's been a lot happened in the last six months to a year in my life that could have really knocked me off again. So and I've come through the other side really <laughs> touch wood um quite well so yeah i'm i'm happy with the way things are going and yeah just the next stage is to move like you but um you know it's in there with that level of fluidity but that, that's probably going to take me a little while i i i i invite you to move better than i move um because <laughs> why limit yourself it's in there <laughs> yeah so, so no, yeah. I think I think your your story is beautiful, um, and really it's a, a man. There are so many people, and no one not not necessarily anyone's immune to fear. Um, if if you go if you start thinking negatively or you allow fear to creep in, it can wreck you. It can jack you up. Um, but I have a friend of mine, uh, Louis, who he 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 he's a healer. He, he helps people heal and he has this approach where if one, if one movement 
can take you into pain cannot just one is it not possible that one movement could take you out of pain and so the same same thought with with take that out of movement and take it into thought if one thought can take you into fear or into pain could one thought take you out of fear and out of pain um absolutely right the body is so amazing and, and we're so much more than just flesh and and physical stuff there, there's something going on in here inside that is so much more powerful than the body is because the body tends to follow that. And I think everything yeah. you've been expressing so far is how the body follows the the thoughts and the energy of the thoughts and the emotions. Massively. And, and, and there's, you know, if you, if you imagine on one level, you could almost imagine all this information comes in, whether it's through vibrations from other people around you, your environment, you know, we take in a lot of information through our eyes and our ears. Obviously, we do. This is to know. But then, effectively, we take it in through the processor, if you like. I don't want to think as think of us as computers, but for, for a useful analogy. And then it scans the hard drive, and we have that gut feeling, which is all that stuff stored in the psoas that says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" No, because all those fears are there, whether they're stored there or wherever they are. That's fear, and that projects back up the reality. So we've taken in information scanned what we you know everything we think we know and now we project that reality so that reality is based on all the stuff we have stored within here so and this is where movement I, i've through my journey i now i now know that thought is top of the food chain if you can change your thoughts yes absolutely but a lot of the time because you're in a certain chemical state because of that you can't change your thought unless somebody's walking around with you all day tapping you on the shoulder going you need to reframe that um <laughs> So movement gives you a consistent thing that you can do every single day that will change you structurally and change your chemistry structurally, especially when it's a program like OS, because you are working with the place, you know, not that you're just working with the SOAS, but you are working with that X, you're working with that reflexive, and you, you can release those fears through movement. You don't even have to have the thought, because I've had thoughts of fears, literally, you watch them disappear as you're doing the movements, and you may have had that, you know, you literally, you watch something go, and it's like, oh, that's strange, or an old memory, and it almost just seems to come up and then just go. So, yeah, it's it's a staggering, yeah, I I have beliefs about how it all works, but do I really know? No. It's it's kind of like a chicken or egg thing. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, and it is a very, instead of if this, then that, instead of being linear, to me, it's more, it's more circular, uh, it's a dance, and, and so, like, for instance, if if the body follows the thoughts and the emotions, yes, but the thoughts and the emotions follow the body too. Yeah. So m movement could be the simplest, lowest hanging fruit, the one that you can engage in regardless of the thoughts and the emotions as a doorway to change the thoughts and the emotions. Exactly. Once again, communicated you know, with less waffle than me, but that's, that's it. That's exactly it. It's no. the one that you can just keep doing without yeah. the need for post-it notes all over your house, you know. Smile. Which are helpful. They're helpful. Absolutely. Um, but sometimes if the brain is stuck on a, a track, it wants to stay in that track. And sometimes you, you have to be sideswiped <laughs> to get out of that track. Yeah. And movement can be the sideswipe, I think, for people um, versus trying to beat yourself up and make yourself think certain things or say certain mantras, which are still helpful, especially yeah. you can get them to play in the background as you move. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, cause here's the thing, not everybody can, has the, 
because we all have different maturity levels um, as far as where we are on our journey. So we don't all have access to tap into our brain and make it do exactly. We can't use our mind as the tool that is designed to be used because it's a lot of times it's using us, but we can all tap into our body and move it because yeah. it is, it is still the tool too. And it can be a backdoor entry into getting the mind to soften up a bit. Well, yeah. And especially because forgive me for going in here, because this is where the mind, we have this word, the mind we think here. Okay. But how, hang on a minute. If all the information stored within the body, there's changing the perception. That's the mind. So the mind is a combination of the two. So hang on a minute. We're not just playing with the body. We are working with the mind because we're working with those places that store the information that create the stories, which is the mind. Well, you know, we talk about the big mind all around us. But yeah. So you are working with the mind when you work with the body. And I think that gets missed a lot. We think mind, we think head. No. Yeah, no. It's weird. You're making me think of um, fountains of living waters uh, coming up from the center. Um, Anyway, that's a whole other. (laughs) Um, Man, this is like, this is really, this is, this is really a fun conversation for me. Um, Is, all right, so. Take it where you want. (laughs) I'm loving it. (laughs) You're right, right, exactly. So, so what's next for you? Where, 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 where to next? Where do you want to go? Um, I, um, now, I mean, I, I do the practice, keep, keep doing what you need to do to keep the things happening. So for me, I'm now, I've had to go back to square one. So in some ways, in terms of what I do with my everyday, um, the world requires badges, um, for you to do things. So I'm currently training as a PT which um, will give me a badge to allow me to start to work in the field of movement with people. I have a, I hope I'm allowed to say this live, I have a credit card with no money on it, ready for the next time you guys are in Europe so that I can pay for, (laughs) that's my investment, that's for my life investment for me and the kids so that I can then come on the course, first part of the course and start that because I want to work with people using what I've learned centered around OS to help them under in whatever way I can. Um, whether or not I add ecstatic movement to that as well, um, I'd, I'd like to, um, because I think that can be hugely powerful as well, but we'll see. So that's that's the goal for this year. Um, should have the course finished, providing I pass by April. Um, I used to do it years ago for a few months back when I finished school, but the, the qualifications were nothing these days. So, um, you know, I've had a number of friends who have kind of, helped in inverted commas with what I've learned who had chronic illnesses and um, basically applied similar principles and and fixed themselves so they've all said you don't need courses just go out there and help people it's like yeah but where do I start you know I mean like to just so and and also because of my love for OS and just you guys and the way you are and the way you present yourselves and it's just you know I know it might sound like a bit of a fanboy but I think the way you do things is just beautiful it's so humble it's beautiful you know so much but yeah yeah you know enough said it's just fantastic what you do and I think it has the capability of helping so many people that to be able to be part of that family would just be a wonderful thing um for me being able to do that day in day out but to be part yeah just to be part of that and the people that I don't even know that I imagine are involved you know um so yeah let me help you there you're you're already part of the family man um I you (laughs) you you've been such an encouragement um so thank you very much 
So let me ask you this. Is it possible, and this is just kind of to sum up everything we talked about, is it is it possible that the body can actually be injured in such a way or be sick in such a way that it's beyond where science or medical current medical practices can't figure it out? Is that is that a thing? Is that possible? Can it be fixed? No, no, like like where it stymies or it just confuses medicine where medicine's like or all the approaches to medicine don't work or they just can't put a finger on it yeah. just yet. If, if I had to be so bold as to say, I think, and I, I have, I was going to say, yeah, I, I've, I've spoken to a couple of doctors um, who I have kind of met through, you know, the last few years, just from being on certain forums, talking about stuff from time to time. Pretty rare I do that now, but they would be the first to admit, and I know there are a number of, you know, kind of well-known doctors who've come out and said that, you know, when it comes to the kind of chronic stuff, if you like, we really don't have much of a grip on what we're doing. And that's that's meant with all due respect. You know, when you have training that is based on, you know, years and years and years ago, and these things take a while to change. You know, the, the new information takes many, many years. It's kind of, it's known, they say, that it takes many, many years for this to start to become more mainstream and a whole host of reasons why, you know, um, insurance and one thing or another, applying new methods and I think that I would go along with, um, I think it was Ben Goldacre that said pretty something, the doctor said something along the lines of, you know, if it was for trauma and severe accidents and stuff, yeah, go and see a doctor. But I think he said something like 80% of what he learned in medis- medical school was next to useless. And I don't want that to be, that's oh. probably a bit harsh. No, no. I, not, that I, came I, out of the doctor's mouth, you know. So it's, I, th- I think it's, they will probably slowly come to the understanding that, you know, what is inflammation? This thing that we now starting to realize is responsible for most chronic illness. Um, do they have a handle on most chronic illness? It would seem not because the people that I look out there that are fixing people, fixing people, that sounds terrible, that are helping people are usually modalities that don't claim to do that, whether it be yourselves and you've never made any such claims or you know, other movement modalities that I've seen out there. And, you know, I won't mention any names, but I've seen people, you know, kind of fix themselves using movement modalities, fix chronic illnesses and use things from, from yoga, like, you know, ulcerative colitis, using meditation and focusing energy to fix things like that. You know, hypothyroid conditions, which are considered incurable, people using, you know, you look at Dr. Joe Dispenza and the work that he does with um, Bruce Lipton. Um, the doctor who wrote Biology of Belief, you know, those guys are using specific forms of focused meditation, if you want to give it a simple name, to fix really serious illnesses, you know, even ones that I can't even say the word of. Um, But they are, people are curing themselves. So, you know, and these things are starting to get studied by hospitals um, and university hospitals are starting to measure these things. So it, it is starting to change, but as with anything like that, it takes a long time to happen. Yeah, and where I was going with that, and you answered that beautifully. I, I was just, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I love medicine. I'm glad we have it. I, yeah. I, I think my only question was, is that, um, I think our knowledge is limp. There's a certain mystery in the body that we yeah. just don't fully know um, with through knowledge and science yet, yet, um, and maybe we never will, but. My whole point to that was is that there can be there because there is a mystery to the body. There can be things that are beyond medicine 
that are just bigger and deeper or bigger, right? Um, oh yeah. So, but but the cool thing is, is even even things that get labeled uh, through through terms like a disease or a condition, those labels aren't necessarily prison sentences either because the mystery of the body is such that the body can heal itself and it's, yes. it's it's not beyond help and it's not beyond hope and that's to me that's the powerful thing is is that even if science so like you could have a frustrating condition and science and, and do all the medical things and go see all the professionals and they do the very best they can because they're truly invested in in their in 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 wanting to help you and truly invested in their you know their their occupation and their job and trying to make the world better but it can still be frustrating if there's not a solution that's found for you but because the body can heal and if you can tap into that if something like you did you 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 didn't settle for you get what you get or you're just stuck you kept seeking you kept seeking and then the mystery started to unfold itself to you. And, and it, uh, it, to me, it's just powerful. It's very hopeful. Oh, absolutely. That no matter what your condition is, there's always hope that your body can repair itself because there's something bigger and greater than our knowledge base that can help us. Yes. And I guess that's all I was trying to say. No, no, absolutely beautifully said as well. And then one of the one of the biggest things I learned was that I know nothing. And it was this unknowing of all of this stuff and then trying to rebuild that into knowing something, but but not wanting to, well, not, not wanting to, it just happened. Thinking that, yes, this all makes sense now because I've experienced this, I've seen this, whatever. Um, and it backs, you know, these people are backing it up in the studies they're doing and stuff. So that seems to make sense, but I'm not in that place where it's, that is definitely true. Because as you say, the wonder, there is, there is a big mystery. There is a definitely a bigger mystery, but then, when you look at, um, sorry, just before, when you look at, um, you know, when they look at kind of quantum science, if you like, and they've tried to break particles down to find the smallest thing that there is in nature, and they still can't do it. And it's believed that the reason for that is that the moment we do that, we create something. Because we create reality, we create something smaller. So we don't know. You know, we could be we could be avatars in a in a simulation, as as many of the quantum guys now believe. You know, we we're in this game to figure out some problem that we have in the real world, um, and they're playing this game with us down here. But you know, I mean, that that can seem like the realm of craziness, but we don't know. There is this wonder, and that's that's what brought me to you know, kind of those ideas, if you like, of that many people have experienced before me of God consciousness whatever from being someone that would have kind of poo-pooed all that years ago um andrew this has been well i've had a lot of fun um I, i've been i've been so soaking up everything you, you've been saying so thank you so much for for sharing part of your story with us um, i'm very grateful for that thanks for the time it's been wonderful talking to you too um i could go on for hours <laughs> and and i think i want you to uh, so if I tell you what, guys, if you're listening to, um, I, I think we're going to bring Andrew back to talk about some other stuff. He's got a lot of stories and, and, and topics he can talk about. And if anything else, I, I mean, I'm just being selfish because I want to hear them. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the OS podcast. And if you forgot what this is about, this is about how the body is able to restore itself, um, no matter what the condition. 
Um, so Andrew, thank you for being with us and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolute pleasure, Tim. Thanks very much. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Original Strength Podcast. If you made it this far, thank you so much.